Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. In today's episode, we're going to have a discussion on population decline. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, we're back in the studio. Finally. I'm, I'm back in the studio. Jared's back. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, welcome, everybody. I am your host, Jared Perry. I am joined, as always, by Sam Tootin. What's going on? And Brett Alfin. Hey, everybody. And Brett is the Yoda of all things government. He is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to give a I special... Have, I don't have a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> going to give a special shout-out to our sponsor, Six Mo City Services. That's what's up. Yeah, true story. We all three work there. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So that's that. Um, Okay. Population decline. Yes. You brought this Mm. to us. You're always reading, which (laughs) encourages me. Yeah, it is encouraging. Um, So this isn't, you know, something that I have ever even looked at, uh, but I found it super interesting once you started... uh, pointing this out and we want to make sure we get the blogs and the other podcast yep. linked in our show notes for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, but this is a topic that mm-hmm. I think all small towns, any, any city, mm-hmm. right. But specifically small rural, uh, micropolitan communities can say, Oh, okay. Yeah. Population. decline. We yeah. used to be right. this many people. Now we're this many people. Right. So kind of, if you could high level, Talk about the concept that this person is talking yep. about, and you know, feel free to shout them out. And I will. And then let's dive yeah. into what that looks like, maybe, you know, in a, our neck of the woods. Yeah. So as Jared was saying, I'm always reading, and I I feel like I can I I find more good things to read than I can read, so I hold on to some of them. So this was content uh, from a website that I found. It's called West.sb, and the the, mm. uh, the story. The articles and the podcast are called More People, and it's by a gentleman named Joe Molnar. So shout out to you, Joe. And it's about South Bend, Indiana. And the, the topic, the title is How South Bend, Indiana Lost 50,000 People in 50 Years. And so Joe, uh, the person who's writing this, is a zoning official there in South Bend, Indiana. And he's kind of, sounds like us, you know, he's a data person. He cares, he's interested in communities and the health of communities and how communities are developed and how we maintain communities. And so um, with his data background, he just kind of started looking into, he's a lifelong resident, you know, what happened? You know, it's clear that something happened here. So um, what did happen? Like a lot of places, there was kind of a single event that a lot of people point to. So South Bend, Indiana, you might know, was the home of Studebaker. And I believe in 1960, the Studebaker factory closed. And that was a huge, obviously a huge employment event. That was a huge cultural event for them. And in many ways, they're still kind of reeling from that. M- maybe not like on the everyday, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like whenever something comes up or this kind of topic comes up, the natural thing to point your finger at mm. is when Studebaker closed. So, you know, so yeah. think about whatever that might be in J- your town. Just like yeah. the natural way to fix anything is to say, well, we need Toyota. We, yeah. we need right. a Honda factory. Right. We need, yeah, gotcha. Right. So, 
and he talks in here about, and and this is what we're going to get into. Um, he takes a very thoughtful look at different types of population decline. And I'm going to hold off on kind of saying what they are because I think we're going to talk about mm. them each individually. But And the reason I'm bringing this up is I think, you know, Marietta or your town, wherever you're at, listener, I'm sure it's maybe smaller than it was or maybe you have less people than you used to have. And everybody has an idea of why. And so what I think we're going to offer here are three actual trends that seem to be taking place. And Joe and more people here in South Bend, Indiana, they, they kind of detail these, but we're going to talk about what each of those are. Okay. Um, so I also want to point out South Bend. Yes. Fighting Irish. Yes. Have you ever mm-hmm. been? I've never been. I've been. Yeah. Sam, have you been? Never been. So Hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I remember my hot takes. Um, I went on uh, St. Patty's Day mm-hmm. during my college years. That's why. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't so, remember being there. I was on campus uh, just to walk around. I was not invited to anything um, or any of my friends that I went with. <laughs> <laughs> so we just basically tried to go to all the, the Rudy places, and it was... It was a it was a whole vibe I remember so um, <laughs> great description <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah other than that then while driving into and from I remember perfectly and I thought it was a uh, super cool little town a lot of a lot of uh, greenery yeah that I remember so got it anywho I can see that um, why don't you lay out the first type of population decline and then I'd love to hear Sam's thoughts on that. So the first type of population decline that they cover is the one that I think is the most germane to places like Marietta. Wow, bringing that word back. Germane. I like it. I love mm. it. I know. You're, you're a vocabulary guy. <laughs> I think this one is the most germane to Marietta and communities similar to Marietta, and that's the reality of the shrinking size of households and neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so what this means is... Think of the neighborhood you live in, you know, Jared, Sam, think of the neighborhoods that we live in. Since 1960 until now, largely, those neighborhoods are the same, right? The houses are still there. Mm. The lights still come on at night. The yards are mowed. People move in. People move out. You know, there's, there's, not, an out, there's not an obvious outward sign that people are moving out and not coming back, right? It, it looks the same. Yeah. But what's happening is... Those homes, which once had four or five or six people, now have one or two people in there. And so I think this is, the, and, and Joe and, and the folks at, at um, More People, they, they talk about this as probably the, the biggest factor of what happened in South Bend. And I would argue this is the biggest factor of what's happening in communities like Marietta, where it all looks the same. It's like it's silent, you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, you could go down those streets and they're the same as they ever were. There are just fewer people in each house, and that alone is a significant drop in population. So I got a couple of numbers here because I know Jared. I love numbers. numbers. Mm-hmm. So overall, in the United States, in 1960, the average household size was 3.3, 3.3 per people per household. In 2020, in the United States, it was 2.53, and I can tell you that in Marietta, Ohio, that number is. 2.08 in wow. 2020. Yeah, so if you're yeah. just joining us for the first time, we all three live in Marietta, so we will bring up uh, local statistics because we've got a, a very large contingent of local listeners. 
And that is yeah. low. That is yeah. so low. So just think about that. So that's the loss. If you're if you're looking at the US number, three point three to you know, the Marietta number in twenty twenty, two point oh eight. I mean, that's a loss of, you know, almost one point three people mm-hmm. per household over the last sixty years. Yeah. And so you do that times the number of households in Marietta, which is about fifty eight hundred, and you can kind of see how many people we've lost. Now I would argue, and some people might argue, and we're gonna talk about this later. I'm not sure we've had our Studebaker moment yet, um, which is good. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I think this this first type of population decline, which is smaller households, this is what's happening in our community. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, what are your what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I did was look at a Google Street or uh, aerial view of Marietta to see really kind of the vacancies or if there's already any vacancies of Marietta. Um, in all in all kind of the neighborhoods, and really, I didn't see anything compared to neighboring communities. I don't see anything where it's obviously a lot a lot of a lot being demolished, right? Um, and so this, we I have think, some blight. We have blight, yes, yeah, but not we're not big. we're not aggressive in 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 removal right. of blight and then turning that over, obviously, um, compared to others. But the first thing I did was like, well, Mary, it is you know we're not we're not really built out too much. But we're not empty like that. So for me, that's that number that Brett just said is like, well, it makes sense because you know we we have housing. We just must have mm-hmm. smaller families. Um, even though our population hasn't declined in this comparison uh, of South Bend, um, not to the level, not to the level. Right. And and we, we have you got the numbers on what we went down? Sure do. So in 1960, Marietta was 16,847. And in 2020, it was 13,588. So we've lost okay. 3,259 people, which is about 19% of what it was in 1960. We've lost about 19%. Okay, so relatively speaking, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that yeah. math, and we'll get we'll come back to that. Go ahead, Sam. Well, and one of the things there in that in the in this article, he has the quote of like zoning freeze basically freezed single family once it was built out. So looking at the timeline of the 60s. He, he talks about white flight, uh, obviously post-World War II, kind of where we were at, at as an economy and a society at that time. But we grew out. We suburban. But we built ourselves within. Sprawled. Sprawled. <laughs> and then from there, we have nowhere else to go. Yep. So, you know, and, and, and they, they're very clear about it in the article about how there has obviously been annexation since 1960. They kind of just they evaluate that. But what a... To me, just what a, what an amazing way to look at your city of like, kind of recaps recapitalizing like what you have as a housing stock and a population size to say, you know, do you? The question again, it's not let's grow out, let's get more, let's let's reach, you know, let's see what we have here, and let's attract that. And of course, the obvious answer is zoning that would allow you know density, right? I mean, it, it, it's it, you have to kind of build on what you have. If you're not going to attract families, because again, I think they're kind of hitting a scenario here where it's a different trend we're in. I'm 32. I don't have children. I'm married, so I'm that too, you know. Yep. And I'm I'm not uh, an outsider in that. Um, so that's the way I took it. I looked at it locally for me. Um, I liked how, what it said. When we get to the other ones, I have a stronger opinion. I think about it. So okay, on on those ones. But so going back to your point on zoning, when Brett first brought this up. And it started running the numbers in my head. First of all, it makes logical sense. Everybody 
every every data point will tell you we are procreating as individuals less mm-hmm. than what we were in 1960. So it makes logical sense that population would decline. Yes. Okay, I get that. Um, and zoning came in in the seven. Like it's it's at this time. That's kind of where it gets inserted into most of the mm-hmm. cities throughout the United States. Yes, yeah. and and also taxes mm-hmm. of the the city started increasing. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so you get flight for multiple reasons. Yes. I think throughout that time period, but that certainly being one of them. The other thing that, so I, I try to draw like just examples of where I've been and what I see here locally. You've got all of our condos right along our river. For those of you that aren't familiar with Marietta, we have, we're on the confluence of the Muskingum and the Ohio River. So we've got multiple condos right alongside the river. Mm-hmm. And they're fairly new. I mean, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. Maybe some might be 30. Um, Good luck buying one. If if one comes available, it is sold like that. Sure. Why? Because I believe people in these older homes, and we we know a a mutual family uh, who owned a very prominent house on Fifth Street. Mm -hmm. Um, They raised their family in there, and they got out. And what'd they do? Like, yeah, I mean, that's where they... So, but if you're not, if you don't have the housing option, those are all very high priced. That was an affluent decision, right? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. If you don't have those other options for the people on the other end of the socioeconomic spectrum, then they've really got no option but to stay in that house. Yes. Because that house is their their worth and their value. It's their equity. It's what's tied to their name. That's all they have. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have any other option, for them, yeah, they're going to stay. They're going to live in a four or five bedroom house because, hey, look, this is a town's old, historic, and big houses. Yeah. So uh, that was the first thing that kind of came to me is it immediately said, and I'm sure it's the engineer in my brain, but like, okay, we need more of XYZ. Right. We need more of this type of housing in order to give an option for somebody to vacate from that premises so that a newer family or, yep. you know, more people, right? And I'm air quoting, people can't see that, mm-hmm. can actually occupy that space. Yep. And then your your units go up. Because if you build more housing, your housing units go up, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So your numerator is going to go up. And then you've got your denominator, which would be your, your people. And that's, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to tit for tat so long as you've, you've got the same amount of people going in as you do coming out. But yeah. um, if you get bigger families come in or, fresh newlyweds or whatever and that now they've got the next 30 plus years to have a family etc and live in that house and i'm thinking jared so if you listen to the podcast i think their first episode they they talk significantly about and this is kind of a an issue that's present in all three types of decline but one of the one of the realities is um the housing units that are in a community like you're describing might not be the type of housing units that people want mm-hmm. and in South Bend, they were building less expensive homes in the county outside of South Bend. And so people were, mo- you know, making economic mm. choices to move out there because it was less expensive. There's oh, less, there's we have less that taxes, too. right? We mm-hmm. have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they do it. They, they do a great job of talking significantly about that. And it's also important to recognize that on paper, this loss for South Bend 
would have been way worse had they not annexed like significant areas in the south part of town. I mean, they did significant annexations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and part of it, and we can talk about this later, or and we've alluded to this on other episodes, it started with water service. So they say um, it, it, was, um, it wasn't South Bend. There's a Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana, they give the example of, um, if you look at Fort Wayne, Indiana, there's no communities, there are no like named communities around Fort Wayne, Indiana, because they've annexed them all. Mm-hmm. Because they got water service, and then part of the deal was, if you got water service, you, can't res- you cannot oppose annexation. And so they annexed everything that got water service. Mm. And so if you listen to the podcast, they go a little further in that, and that's probably, you talk about germane yeah. to what's happening in our community. That's, yeah. that's a whole other episode. So anyway, um, the housing unit pricing is why I'm bringing that up, because I think that's what you're alluding to. Yes, yes. Yeah. Accessibility. Yes. Essentially, yep. Um, okay. And Ooh, I just realized, math-wise, I have my numerator and my denominator, and in case right. anybody out right. there is, there's some <laughs> engineer that's like, Throwing their coffee. He's right still now. a good yeah, engineer. So don't worry. Yeah. Okay. I well, vouch for his engineerish. I, I wrote this quote down from that article. I, as we're talking about number one, we're talking about desired areas, right? People have stayed there, whether it's privilege, all the, you know, they mm-hmm. go into that obviously, but they've stayed there for a long time. Um, that's why they're hard to get. I can contest to that as I've always looked to buy a house in the city, but it's it's quick, right? Right here, it's a, a city's most desirable areas should be allowed to grow and develop, not frozen in amber. So yeah. it's a reflection of the zoning of, of obviously, it's, it works. People want to be there, but because of the housing unit so, so much smaller, you can't do anything else. So it's going to stay, it's going to stay full of homes, but not so much full of people. Yeah. You know, I've got a weird take on zoning that we may, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. With your chest? And then... <laughs> Say it with your chest? <laughs> yeah. If, if you guys want to rap about it, we can. If not, you can pull it. Okay. But I, I think f- when you talk about zoning and you're talking about don't be stuck in amber, mm-hmm. I think it's very wise and very smart. But if I, if I parlay that to, to business, you, there are certain things you do when you're on the precipice of basically extinction you get creative yeah okay and you do something you install a system or a process or an incentive whatever to try to get out of that jam Mm -hmm. like flexible zoning yeah if it works and things start going well if there's a there's a very big risk once you start that growth back up, if you stay in that flexible mode. Yeah. So one of the things that I've really been thinking a lot about as I personally educate myself more on zoning and municipal, I'm going to call it stewardship. Mm -hmm. The difference between flexibility and then changing once you, once you grow organizational growth is really about every, 45% 45% whatever that unit is. That's always what Peter Drucker would use. So once you hit that mark again, you need to change again. Absolutely. And the, the smartest thing for you to do once you're growing may be to adapt to a larger scale system, which is more land use management based, yeah. which is more traditional zoning. Yeah. So that's one of the things that's just been going through my head. And you mentioned it, and it was so on point. I wanted to just... What's my quote I've, to- I've said before? 
zoning is all, it's always evolve like it should, should always be evolving. Yep, yeah, should be evolving. It should always it, sh- it is not something that you just do once that we many communities have done in the, again in the seventies at one point and just kind of added to it yes. without a full deep dive change that you're that you're kind of referencing to. Over time, as needs and things change, you should be always looking at it. Yeah, yeah Sam is so right. I, I mean, I'm thinking of a community that we know, and we were evaluating their zoning regulation. It's literally, the, the file is literally the typed document that was probably passed in 1974, and it's yeah. maybe had a few revisions since then, but largely what happened is people pass zoning, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they never address it again. Until there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if there's never a problem, most of them never, just never visit it again. And then we get to where we are now where it doesn't fit what we're trying to do anymore. Yeah. It worked great in 1974 because we didn't want this thing next to that thing. You know, we had, we had a lot of factory, we had a lot of industrial stuff. Yes, we don't want that near this or that. Mm-hmm. We're not there anymore. And so those restrictive covenants and all that stuff don't really work for the way we're trying to do incremental you know, development in communities. Yeah. And to Sam's, Sam's exactly right. Um, you have to be attentive to it in an ongoing manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sorry for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Off the beaten path there. Well, no. give us uh, number, number two. two. So the second type of population loss, they call it the shrinking housing units neighborhood. And so how I would sum this up t- to you fellas and listeners are think of a neighborhood where you are losing some housing units, right? So you've got some housing units that are maybe in poor shape and they're in disrepair, and maybe some of them you are tearing down. Mm-hmm. But people are still moving into that neighborhood. And so you've got a lower number of housing units, but you've, got, you've still got people moving in. And what they're describing in South Bend is oftentimes these are larger families because they can afford, these housing units are in many ways affordable. And so they give the example of these types of neighborhoods are places where like uh, families of Hispanic background settle because they live with multi-generational families much more than people in traditional American culture do. And so um, that's where the rise of these neighborhoods have, have happened for them. So it's, so what I really want you to think of is it's a place where you are losing housing units. So the number of amount of housing available is shrinking, but the amount of people moving in is not really slowing down or stopping. So, by default, talked about numerator and denominator, right? You have less housing, but you still have the same number of people moving in, so you've got more people per household. Right. But on the outside, it looks like population decline. And this is still decline, but it's just another view of decline. And it's kind of a nuanced one. Yeah. The third one is the one, I, is the one I'm in, very interested to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Same view. Is this the one you, you have a strong... I, I, think, I think number two... Can eventually uh, i look so i'm gonna I'll, I'll wait i'll wait for number three too but i'm looking at it as sh- purely as like the land use like looking at these pictures that they have here so it's very so, well done website too sure by the way very nice yeah. but there's some there's some vacant lots as we get to the next one there's more vacant lots yeah so my next thing really comes in how we kind of address getting stopping that Right there before it gets to number number three. And, and I would argue, Jared, and maybe not, I'm not arguing. Nobody's fighting me. Yeah. I'm not arguing. I, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would offer, yeah, fight me. I would offer that even bro. though I think this one, this uh, number two isn't really happening in Marietta, I think this happens, I think this is happening in other Appalachian communities. Because I, I've seen communities where 
you do have housing units that are going down in quality, right? They're, they're not as well kept, and they are demolishing some, but people are not leaving. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the population isn't really going down. They're just, they're living in greater quarters of number with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and, it, and it's interesting because from the outside, it looks, you know, there's less houses out there. So it looks like we're losing population. In actuality, you might not be. Yeah. But it is a drastic change in the living quarters and the conditions for people that are there. So that, that is a character of a neighborhood that they're, that they're describing. But I would right. argue, I think that's happened. I think this happens in a lot of rural communities. Yeah. I, I've been trying to draw parallels here locally, and I, I don't, just in our micropolitan area, I don't see that Mm-mm. happening too Mm-mm. much, Mm-mm. but I would agree outside you would the one thing i would i guess how can zoning fix that so i i I don't know the answer to that question but in my mind one of the big things that people don't like around here and i'm sure it's the same thing in south bend is when you demolish a house and then the adjacent landowner Mm -hmm. who might have some coin maybe it's a nicer house or a upper nicer house right they decide I don't want somebody coming in and doing anything to here, so I'm going to go pick up this oh, parcel yeah. for like ten grand. Yep. How does that affect future development and land use inside a a, a borough or whatever? Well, and I think, and that's that's really what I was going to get to is is, and a lot of like Seattle has done it with a minimum density uh, requirement. You know, I look at it as you know you have minimum lot size requirements, but there's no max maximum lot size requirements. So looking at some neighborhood communities that we're, we're familiar with, there's a lot of homes going down. People want them for the side yard. Um, you can't usually build over property lines, right? So typically you might have a house and three lots or two lots and, you know, you got a nice little side yard, backyard, whatever. But if you consolidate that, if you actually make that into one parcel, right, there's, you can, I mean, it's, there's no stopping you. Um, so that's one of these ways. And, that, and it can't be really subdivided again if it doesn't, and you do build on it, and then you don't meet the minimum lot size requirements. Yeah. Unless you were to acquire another adjacent parcel. Yes. You still have the setbacks and everything else you'd have to to. Welcome to, to Variance Town. Yes. Mm. So for, <laughs> for me, I look at it that I don't, I don't think, I look at it from the plotting, like planning commission side of it, right? If a planning commission has plotting, powers where you have to approve um surveys and and this kind of either consolidation or subdivision of of lot lines right of the land use mm-hmm. if you restrict it to what your zone really is i mean some of these zones if they're multifamily, you know medium density high density residential areas you know that either minimum density requirement or a lot maximum lot size requirement you know tells you you can yeah you could own that side yard if you want but you can't, I mean, you're, you have to build, you're going to have to build something on it or you can't consolidate it. I mean, eventually you do it. So the, the land itself, those boundary lines of that, of that parcel are at least preserved. They can't get bigger. You can't combine them. You know, you, yeah, you could probably do a side yard if you want. That's fine. But ultimately once you survey it, once you can, I mean, it's, it's not final, but it's, it's, it's pretty close to being final. So basically, you as the landowner has been been able to 
maximize your own property value because now maybe you have a side yard lot and mm-hmm. all this extra little space and a nice residential desirable area. But if decline hits and you look at this, how many, you know, be interested to know how many of these empty sp- spaces are owned just by the adjacent. Yeah. And they're going to, it just multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. And then guess what? You can't already build out, you know, or you can't afford to build out. So how else, how else are you going to get that land back to make that into, a, this, to add re- density to there? It just, goes back to what I've always joked about. So I sit on the historical board here in Marietta mm. and every time somebody comes in, you know, Oh, we want it to be historical. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what's your point of context? Yeah. 50s, 30s, mm-hmm. 20s, 10s, 1800s. Like, yeah. this is an old town. Mm-hmm. What's your point of context? So when I hear you, you say that, you know, it's, I also would hear people championing what you're saying on your side of the, the mm-hmm. argument saying, yeah, this is the, you mm-hmm. know, this is Marietta. We're a historical town. We got to, we got to keep it historical, you know? Yeah. And I would argue, I'm not going to fight you like Brett, but yeah. <laughs> what's your point of context? Yeah. All of these, all of these plots well, you're, were farms yeah. right up, right in town, air yeah. quotes, and then just as families, right? As population decline yeah. in those households, hear me out because this yeah. is where I'm going to bring it all back together. Okay. As population decline in those households from people who had 10, 11 children at a time, mm-hmm. as they went off to hang their shingle and build their house wherever, maybe in another little plot in town, you know, in a suburb or, or you know, a, you know, take their horse and wagon and, and go. Yeah. Right. As that left and people, the industrial revolution happened mm-hmm. and people decided, yeah, I don't want to be a farmer anymore. I'm going to sell denim or I'm going to, you know, be a tailor. I'm going to be a paper hanger. I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. Make furniture or whatever. Yes. Mm they would subdivide and sell off these lots. So again, it goes back to what is your, your point of context? Yeah. And that's why I always try to, I, it's, I hate it that it's so subjective. The engineer in me wants a, you know, a nice clean calculation for it, but it goes back to charm. Yeah. You can't, you can't manufacture it. It can't be duplicated. You know, Brett and I always joke, demolition is forever. So if you're tearing something down, I totally get it. Yeah. But, you know, what you replace there needs to be complimentary, needs to be respectful. I don't, I personally yeah. am not a huge fan of lot size, minimum, maximum, whatever. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, does this look good? Does this, mm. when people drive down this street, True. a neighboring mm. person that, you know, maybe they're here on vacation, maybe they're here visiting a relative, whatever. Yeah. Would they want to live here? Would it, would it inspire them to move here? Yeah. That is really what. Well, you, your, your point of context is what your zoning is at that time. I mean, if, if you're calling for density lot size to be 8,000, 9,000 square feet, that's your point of context. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it gets back to how zoning is always uh, evolving and how you have to always look at it because I don't think I, I agree with you. You can't go back too far. I mean, you can't, you have to pick a point and you have to move forward. So you have to evaluate what that point is and you have to establish that and mm-hmm. then move forward from there. Think of the lot couple how, down from you. Yep. It, let's say that had, you know, obviously it is what it is, right? But someone, there is nothing stopping them from building the most ugliest non-character uh, house for, for your street. 
Correct. You know, and and you know what will help them? The zoning. Mm -hmm. Because the zoning is going to say it can only be this a narrow stinking lot that was subdivided Mm -hmm. a bajillion years ago. So somebody's going to build a shotgun style house on that lot unless both adjacent landowners, Mm -hmm. you know, go and support them for a variance that allows them to build on the lot line. Yeah. And is that what's best for Marietta? I don't think so. So it goes back to what you're talking about in flexibility. Yeah. Or I guess what I was articulating and and you were like, yes, you know, you got to change and evolve every so often. Yeah. And I think having these decisions made, I would love to have a planning commission, planners, Mm -hmm. uh, architectural review board, Mm -hmm. et cetera, Mm -hmm. be able to say, okay, if, 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 Mm -hmm. we're going to allow this variance, if, Mm -hmm. if, 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 you're going to consolidate this lot. It's got to follow these guiding tenants. It's Great. got to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? Right now, our process, and I, I would imagine, and we, we know this for a fact, so I'm not even going to say maybe. Many other towns, exactly like ours, you could draw a picture on the back of the application that you're filling out. Mm-hmm. Hand sketched. Turn it in. Turn it in. And you're, you will, as long as nobody says boo on the side of you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. So that, I believe there's got to be a hybrid approach in there. I don't want to commandeer yeah. this whole thing. So you've got, uh, you've got four total? Three. Three, Three baby. total. Boom. We're on the Third last one. one. On the so last one. Brett's got to go drive his Corvette after this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Midlife crisis mode. Activate. Um, Pew. So type three. So this is the one that I think the average person, when you're talking about what's happening to your town, I think they just kind of rock right to this one, right? And this is the neighborhood in free fall. So to me, I would sum this up as these are the people who packed up their stuff and they left town and they never came back. And that neighborhood that they left behind, nobody moved in. The houses fell into disrepair. We tore them down, and now they're vacant. So I think about Detroit. Uh, I was you know, the, say, yeah. So yeah, think I, about I've, the pictures of Detroit, turn of the, mm-hmm. you know, around, you know, the two thousands, two thousand five. You know, we've got literally miles of neighborhoods that have infrastructure. There are streets, zero houses, right? Yeah. Neighborhood in free fall. I think most people who aren't dorks like us that are into this kind of think this is what's happening in Marietta. Mm-hmm. People are just sick of it. They don't like the weather. They, we don't have this, that, or the other thing. And they pack up and they leave and they never come back. And nobody's moving in to fill their spot. And I think this is the, this is the thing that the programs that are out there, that are public programs, are out there to combat, right? Um, this is why we have education. You know, this is the brain drain argument. You know, this mm-hmm, is all that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would argue, my personal opinion is, I don't, yes, there are some people who get fed up they pack up their Chevy Cavalier and they get out of here and they never come back. Yes, Mm -hmm. that absolutely happens. But I don't feel like all 3,259 people that have left Marietta in the last 60 years have done that. Correct. Uh, But, but I think it's easy to go to that. And I think people go right to that one. What are we doing wrong or what do we not have? What are we not doing that is causing people to just skedaddle out of here and nobody's coming in behind them. So neighborhood and free fall, that's number three. That's the third type of population loss. Yeah. Which I think is far, yes, in some communities like South Bend, Detroit, Gary, Indiana, you know, these places, Flint, Michigan, yes, that is happening. But I don't think that's what's happening here. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback. Do you think it's any of these rural, micropolitan communities, 20,000 or less, 
that don't have a major metropolitan area directly a, a, attached to them. Right. I bet you could show county population at the same time you show that city's population over that time period. And I believe this gentleman mm-hmm. argues this point is that you have kind of a swap. It's not mm-hmm. an even swap. Right. Yeah. But people aren't just packing their bag and saying, I'm going to Florida or I'm going to, you know, wherever. Yeah. No, they're just, they're moving out. Yes. They don't like the way the neighborhood has gone. Yep. And they don't like, most likely, if the neighborhood has gone bad, you know, there might be an administration that they don't particularly agree with or care for. Mm-hmm. So they, they take their ball and they go home. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and they make a very salient point in the, in the podcast. And, you know, we're grossly overstating it. I mean, we're talking about three, the number 3,250. That's 3,259 individual human beings that have one life to live and are trying to do the best that they can do for themselves. They're trying to find the best opportunity. They're trying to do what they like. They're trying to find things that make them happy. Mm. We're, we're taking it like BBs in a cup or something, marbles in a jar, you know, that are just mindless. You know, it's like, well, it's obvious you should stay here. No, I mean, it's yeah. obviously a yeah. lot more complex than that. We're trying to get to the root of it, but I mean, I don't want to dismiss it as if like mindless, but I, I get it. These are actual human being people that are trying to do live their one life and yeah, they're going to move and some people are going to move in and all that. And so I, I understand listener that like, that's complicated and I don't want to like overstate, like oversimplify this. Yes, it's complicated, but I hate, I I just don't like it when people immediately shoot to, well, nobody wants to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. And they just got out of here. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't buy that. I think there's more to the story than that. I think that's why they're doing this. I think that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. That's a Is glass that, half empty approach. Yeah, you know, like you're there there's a lot of head shaking up and down mm-hmm. from Sam and I here, listener, and I I if you're into this conversation at all, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. So Sam, yeah. why don't you give us your your hot take on this? This is what you had your, your hot take on? Well, it was it was our, our, we jumped ahead. It was oh. it was about how Zoni could I didn't kind have of the agenda. Have a combat. <laughs> That's all right. How dare you? <laughs> It's all right. It was mainly because, uh, again, I was looking at of the land use. So looking at this, this is obviously more, uh, you know, area that in, incredible to decline. And more, of course, the article is looking at neighborhoods, right? Not community as a whole, but sure. a particular neighborhood. So there's the other social economical factors. And, you know, they talk about race and, and, and that regard in terms of the same scenario of number one, which includes post-war, buy a house, you know, difficult yeah. to buy a house. You're, you're, you have to buy one here. Blah, blah, blah. Um, don't want to dismiss that at all. But that, again, just gets to the point uh, that I think is, uh, you know, policy kind of, for me, it's zoning. Policy needs to change to add more housing units and to be able to incentivize a, a way to, to put more back into the land and not, and not cap it and not keep it capped because you're not going to build out, so you got to build within. So, yeah. All right, that's going to do it uh, for today's episode. If you got any questions, give us a shout. Uh, support at mytownhustle.com. Also, I'm going to ask you a favor. If you're listening to this, if you've listened to any episode, and you're, or maybe this is your first one, if you have not subscribed, please do that. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, leave us a, a You don't have to leave us a comment, but if you feel froggy, you know, do it. If you're on uh, Spotify, just hit the follow button. Um, that helps us. Mm-hmm. gain some some data um and we we check those out we'll mm-hmm. you know we want to hear from you so that we you know can generate more things to talk about uh we've heard from a bunch of folks it's encouraging for us that's why we keep doing it so uh keep those coming uh, we really appreciate that so for everybody here we will see you next time
Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening. We stop.